2: Welcome to Handbags at Dawn, the show utterly devoted to finding a direct link between carrying around a huge and varied amount of bag crap and incredibly effective womaning. <laughs> We are your hosts on this Bag Innards Investigation, Charlotte Edmonds and Jessica Johnson. One of us is a TV creative with nine years of experience at Psycho TV, me, and the other is a broadsheet journalist and writer, Jess. But both of us are mums of two, and as such, we share the overwhelming and often confusing sensations of madly loving, caffeine-seeking, guilt-strewn tiredness. Yeah! This is the one where we celebrate the wonderfulness of being women, talking about talking, and embracing our finest lady bits with a simply fabulous female. <laughs> We've gone all silly with excitement today on account of our incredible guest. This presenter cut her teeth in TV production before making the step to on-screen talent where her BBC3 documentary series charting the highs and lows of issues such as childbirth, drinking, dieting and dating won her acclaim, recommissions and many fans, us included, for her unique hands-on access all areas approach. Her career has gone from strength to strength and she now hosts primetime consumer insight shows for BBC1 and BBC2, fronts programmes and brand campaigns in America and regularly writes for national titles a talent which has seen her pen and recently launched her first book Letters to My Fanny this is the gorgeous Cherry Healy it's like the best intro I've ever had in my entire life I want that to be played on loop in my
1: house and and, and everywhere I go around me and in me
2: (laughs) just sort of piped into the room so the thing that we're obviously fixated on at Handbags at Dawn is your handbag does your handbag say stuff about you? I've got two that I use a lot and I think they both say a lot about me. I mean, primarily practical, probably,
1: which is awful. Every woman wants to be thought of as kind of a style icon. I'm not. <laughs> my favourite is my rucksack. It is just so easy and just hard. Hold so much, and it's just been such a good friend to me. And then the other one is a kind of mulberry, big chunky square. It's not an actual mulberry. I found it in a market, and they'd obviously had a long look at a mulberry. <laughs> uh, this was something inspired. But it's big and beautiful, and it's real leather, so it's all soft now after years of bashing it. I always migrate to those two.
2: I know, having read your book thoroughly and loving it, <laughs> loved it, that you say that you've seen a lot of programs where you look inside people's fridges and homes and bags. I was going oh god we're commons <laughs> what we're coming to do Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, do you know what I devour
1: all of those they are the most fascinating but I do have a bit of a bug bear, though. Go on. Uh, my bug is with those things that it's lovely to have the glamorous version I love those but it's also lovely to have the real version actually what is really inside someone's bag you know you've got the random things like half a biscuit and a bit of tatty old material so I'm glad that there's more and more people are finding that balance of what do you really have as opposed to just being Beautifully styled hair made scarves. But no, I, I love insights into people's fridges Particularly, I'm really interested in what people eat. You that. are very interested in people, aren't you? That's oh. kind of your thing. It's a huge problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I'll be sitting anywhere, a wedding, somewhere formal, somewhere nice, and we'll be talking chit-chat. And what I really want to say is, I don't care. Do you still love your husband? <laughs> 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 or which is your favourite child? Or... Had any particularly deep experiences recently that we can get into? I naturally, I think, connect to people who can immediately either be quite silly or go downstairs into themselves quite quickly. But I also love people who can't and you like gradually get to know and unravel and delve and I mean, I'm probably a bit too intense as a person. I'm that annoying person. Really? How are you? I mean, that's so annoying we I'm just trying to like have a glass
0: of Prosecco on a Friday night. You uh, know, I'm, I'm insane insatiably nosy it's always what's within that counts so cherry would you like to have a rummage in your bag yes pull out the first rummage, rummage here Here we go go.
1: so the first thing i'm going to pull out is my trusty smashbox lipstick in fireball matte and i wear this every single day that i'm filming because i get very very cold you think that it's for style because I look smashing in it you do. Um, it's exactly the right color for me and my skin tone It's perfect it's matte it feels like a practical cool lipstick and it's such a beautiful like orangey coral color it's like highlights for your face but the real reason I wear it is because I get very 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 cold very easily and you're standing around for hours and hours and hours and hours and my lips go blue
0: so it counters the blueness
1: it covers and counters the blueness
2: god cherry your lips go blue this is awful and people oh, don't I people like I me. need to write to someone people
1: don't believe me they go oh come on it's just a couple of hours I'm like, I'll go blue. This is the reality. The reality of, of oh, god the reality. I remember someone once when I started presenting rather than producing, they said to me almost like disappointed that I'd kind of gone to the dark side of like you know vanity and showy offness. Why have you done that? You know, is it like a fame thing? I was like, it's exactly the same as my last job except for I have to wear mascara. Where's I don't know where the glamour is. Who's having the glamorous TV life? I think people who do live television and they get cars there and they get hair brushed and makeup. I do my makeup in the loo about 10 minutes before I film I love every minute of it this isn't a whinge I love it and it's part and parcel of it we're all often up at 5 and it's always cold and you know, after day 3 of being really cold oh, I don't want to wear thermals anymore but um, I do love it speaking of thermals and live TV yeah. how was the jump? the jump was incredible Oh, I, they didn't recommission it this year which was almost certainly due to me um, no I'm joking obviously it wasn't it was <laughs> the was it huge, was it huge the, amount of it
2: injury that was sustained <laughs> by everyone involved so
1: <laughs> bad they did Commission it for lots of reasons. I might have played a part in that. I don't know. I'll never know. I hope not. The celebrities found it a huge burden after all they were doing to then come onto my show. And we had fun once we were there. It was really fun. But it's a lot to ask of someone who's done a 14 hour day and competed and trained that hard hey, by the way, we need you for another two hours.
2: So I think it was just too much. The paranoia that you exhibited there yeah. <laughs> about yeah, the, yeah. the recommission. I mean, it was obviously it was nothing to do with you. Know, the, no, it, was, it was, no, come on. It was all the people who kept smashing themselves to smithereens. But do you feel that like quite a lot? I mean, you've worked in production and you see the star going out there and they are the face of that and sink or swim. They have to stand up and go, I'm the head of this show. This is what the public perceive. And you are carrying everything on your shoulders and particularly with social media now whereas before people couldn't reach you could they to tell you their opinions and to share their insightful thoughts on your broadcast and now they can reach directly to you it must be terrifying I feel very very
1: naked come the PR time because you make the show and sometimes you don't PR it for another six months and if the show is good you feel very proud and very excited and if the show is bad you still have to give your whole self to it you can't go around telling press oh this is a duff one this one hey guys this is a bad one give this one a miss you have got to give it your all because a lot of people put a lot of time and money and hope into that project you know being a presenter you get paid for all sorts of things you get paid to say words but how hard is that come on you get paid for waiting around for four hours without whinging you get paid for PRing with all your might it's unbelievably exposing you have to sit it out you just have to be a big girl about it
2: so what's the difference between PRing a TV show which is a sort of joint production Mm -hmm. to then PRing your book? book letters it's to my fanny so different it's so very different
1: because i've had 100 control on this my publisher has been absolutely incredible and patient and wonderful and reassuring so yes it has been a team effort but if it's bad i can't blame anyone if people don't like it then i'm responsible for that and that's easier to deal with weirdly than taking the crap for something that really wasn't anything to do with you and what have people said about it because spoiler alert we love it <laughs> <laughs> so glad my favorite thing that people say and people are so sweet and so enthusiastic and and so encouraging and so supportive they come up to me they go oh my god I like read it in a day and so my reply to that is read it again <laughs> uh, <laughs> it took me two years <laughs> to write but people have been incredibly nice it's been in a couple of top ten lists and you know my fave thing this week which I've been amazed about I hoped it was good but the response has been beyond what I thought it would be because it's not a
0: work of fiction it's about you and your life and, also and then also your opinions and about what's things. scary
1: about this is is opinions change you may not know, have a very very strong opinion about something one week and hear a fantastic radio show or have a very interesting conversation and you change your mind and it's very unnerving committing something to paper that you think well I might not think that in six months time but I also thought if everyone waited until they were rock solid about something there would be no books with opinions they just wouldn't so I had to kind of bite the bullet it was nerve wracking because it's so personal
2: you've got a track record of being really open about yourself we're doing a podcast where we are sharing our thoughts and feelings as well, not just sitting here and asking for the story. Because I feel like people open up more to you if you open up first to them. We do that as women, don't we?
1: Absolutely. Women are expected to bear their soul and open up. I feel keep Paul's emotions quite strongly. Um, so I have learned over the years to not take responsibility for what that person is doing. At the beginning it was really, really hard. I got very upset with everyone I was filming with, and I think there was a lot more crying in in the early years of my filming I cried a lot at everything but if you spent 10 hours talking to someone about the loss of their child like how can you not cry? I mean my challenge was really trying not to emote because it wasn't fair, I didn't want to take the attention away from them but sometimes there's literally nothing you can do, you're just so involved in how they are and what they're doing so you learn all these tricks to protect yourself and also how to make a better interview like for example not talking for 10 minutes straight like I just did.
2: <laughs> We're interviewing <just laughs> <intriguing>. you so <laughs> Is working well for us. <laughs> <laughs> we love the chat. We yes. like the l- yeah. we luxuriate yeah. in it. Women
1: are just so so wonderful at chat you know we go from strength to strength because we ask people for things we share things we're very vulnerable i need your help with this and i'm scared about this women are so good at this and we
2: have that kind of reputation that we you know chit chat chit chat chit chat men in my life always go how do women actually converse how do you actually hear because you all talk at the same time (laughs) it's like we're empathizing (laughs) But it's this like stream
1: of healthy, like health, healthy health. It's healthy health. It's healthy health. Hashtag healthy health. (laughs) Um, But I mean, I really want my son, who is sitting on my knee right now, being very cute. I really want him to be able to organize his emotions, to be able to express himself openly, to feel no shame in telling people he's not having a good time or he's not doing very well. Because by doing that, other people, they come to you. You're not manipulating someone. You're not trying to get one over on someone. You're not doing power. Being honest with people it brings such good things. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
2: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
1: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health
0: There is nothing more honest um, than than what you've done here with your book. There are chapters there where you have clearly found it difficult to write about it. Really hard. And and you've been very open about that. And yet you've you've gone and written it anyway, and that's an incredibly brave thing to do. I mean, is being
1: drunk to... on gin and writing brave? <laughs> yes, very yes.
0: sending it to the publisher yeah. the next day it is. is.
1: That is brave. <laughs> <laughs> That's waking up the next morning going, Oh, I'm still going to send it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yes, I have been lucky and had family and friends who've always allowed me to feel loved, but very honest. And I think that's really the key to feel accepted, even if you're really showing your wars and all. I felt like the book had to be like that. And actually, you know what? I, I think I did hold back more than I would have liked to because, you know, I would have gone over the line. There was a line. There was a line. And I was aware that at some point my kids might read this. Hopefully not. (laughs)
2: but so
1: i I definitely had that in mind your thoughts and feelings aren't always perfectly organized but i also want to do as much as possible and have fun with it
2: i admire how you managed to compartmentalize chapters of your life into actual chapters in the book that must have been such a difficult thing to do
1: that was one of the best things the editor did with me they sat down and we went right which body parts are you going to write to so i wrote a long list for each body part of the different kinds of things that that evoked it was set out before i even started writing how do you choose your voice when you're writing a book are you writing for somebody or you're writing to yourself that's such an interesting question I seem to remember playing with it a little bit but i've always kept diaries i've got a gigantic storage box of diaries um and I started when I was eight and I never stopped and just pages and pages and pages. So I'm very practiced at writing in an honest way. I didn't write, you know, when you write diaries for people to look at them so to think you're cool. I never wanted people to look at them so I sound like a total bell end in all of them because <laughs> they're real and it was very much a way that I found I processed things. The book was a lovely opportunity to reflect in an unanxious way and to think, okay, at this point in my life what have I learned? What do I feel? What a lovely opportunity. I mean, this is because I'm on the table it's really hard to get a book published and there were times when I really couldn't be bothered to write or I really wanted to do something else and I just reminded myself that I've been given this absolute gift to write a book that's definitely going to be published I don't have to traipse around trying to find a publisher, this is a once in a lifetime experience and that made me go to a cafe and write.
2: Why did you decide to leave out parenting?
1: Because I just ran out of time and it was so isn't that awful? It's ironic actually Literally, it's I mean, because I was parenting I was too busy parenting to write about Parenting. um I I think probably I'd like to get another few years under my belt I think probably only now after having two and so many conversations with other mums and meeting so many other mums I think two and a half years ago when I was really thinking about the book I, I probably just didn't feel like I'd really dug into it and what I do feel now is that it's such a huge huge topic it deserves more than a section of a chapter in a book
2: People have so many loud and varied opinions on various parenting techniques. Nothing gets people more irate. So it's a really hard one to try and find the right balance because actually you don't want to ostracise a huge amount of your readers. I guess you'd start by saying this is how I've approached it.
1: You know, I'm, I'm definitely sensitive and I do not have a thick skin at all. But there are a couple of moments and a couple of topics where I think, no, I definitely do feel what I feel right now. And I really, I'm going to write this one down because I just don't think I'm ever going to change my mind about it. And breastfeeding was one of those things where I thought there will be people who disagree with me because it is as you say there's such a wide spectrum of opinions and they're so passionate but I really feel all of those things in the book and there will be a backlash I'm sure and I'm ready to take that I've kind of got my armour on I'm ready kind of in a squat position
0: whichever position you take on breastfeeding there's going to be an army of people who are ready to take you down on it which is why I think people don't talk about it yeah and it's the sort of society's ownership of women's bodies and then things that as soon as there's a baby involved, they have a right to have an opinion to how you're going to choose to feed your child. I mean, I with my first... I mean, I remember I, the only way I could get her to latch on was with those nipple shields. What I, did you used to call them? Mexican, Mexican
2: heads! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, right, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And I went and sat down on a park bench... Like, hiding myself under loads of muslins. That's when you do need a Mexican
2: hat, an actual actual one. one.
0: She was two weeks old and I was just like, right. And I think it was desperation on both of our parts, but she finally latched on. (gasps) And I was just like, hallelujah and then oh, I gosh, got mastitis sorry, okay. I think there was just so much pressure on me to, to do it um, what would you have loved
1: to happen what would you think what information or
2: chat would have made it better for you if somebody had said to me it's okay if you want to stop I think what no one prepares you for before you have a kid is that you're going to get a lot of advice and that is opinion based take what they're saying listen to everybody and then make your own decision yes. about what's right for you you know get informed and then discard what you don't want to listen to because it's all very loud, and you're very hormonal, and probably sweaty. And <laughs> so, the worst thing I think
1: someone could call me is a bad mum. Yeah, so it's like the worst thing, a bad mum. It's so awful. The idea that you would hurt your little perfect loveliness. You know That message about breastfeeding is loud and strong, as it should be. But there's also got to be a message for mums who are trying and are struggling that your baby will be fine if you decide to bottle feed. It's a very, very short window of time when they're that small. I think too many women have a horrible, horrible, horrible time and lose that diamond of a moment with their kids. Can you look
2: around a room of people and go, now, you in the back, you were breastfed. On the left, obviously not the one clinging to the curtains but you know people don't I don't know my closest friends like I don't know who was breastfed and who wasn't you don't my son was mixed fed and
1: my daughter was mostly bottle either my boob milk or formula and you cannot tell the difference completely in terms of my relationship with them neither of them hardly ever get ill I know this is just one example in millions and I do believe in research but because I mixed fed my son I loved that beginning bit of when he'd come out my love tunnel had a lovely time. There was no screaming or crying or mummy feeling
2: awful. I loved that bit. Cherry, you mentioned your love tunnel. And it's something that, I mean, we've only just met. But i like to speak <laughs> about it. I, it. It happens a lot. One a bit forward there, actually. <laughs> Presumptuous. I'd like to ask about the title of your book.
1: I think... It was partly to do with the fact that I really only properly acknowledged and embraced my sexual self in my 30s. I'd never really consciously thought about my lady bits. I'd never really consciously thought about sex properly. And I realised that I was so much more comfortable playing the fool than being sexy. You know, if there's a fancy dress party, I will always go to something ridiculous. And the more ridiculous, the better. I find I feel quite uncomfortable in a very sexy dress and high heels. I feel a bit like a fraud, like a man in drag sometimes but I realised that was very silly and I needed to really embrace my feminine sexual self and it made me realise that I didn't really know what to call my bit and it made me laugh and I remember having lots of conversations with my friend at the time There wasn't really a word that we both felt comfortable with. The C word is very violent. Vagina sounds like an STD Nunu is childish I mean so Fanny made us laugh because it was probably the closest but what do you say when you're in the doctors? Vagina it just sounds so... (laughs) I'm just. I'm no. not feeling good. <laughs> there,
0: gesticulation <laughs> the as yeah. opposed to words. I had one of the best experiences, and it really made me laugh. I did some travelling in Thailand with some friends of mine. We ended up staying one night in the middle of the jungle. We were staying with this Thai family, and you know, you have dinner. There's no electricity. It's pitch black. What, what are you going to do? And We were just like sitting out on the terrace, and we suddenly thought, "Was this like, a story about, about an going? orgy?" No, well, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting to the, the hot stuff, Charlotte. And we We were just chatting and they didn't speak any English and my tie isn't great. And then we ended up doing this kind of body show and tell thing. We were saying that it's called nose, and then they told us what their nose was called. Then it got to boobs, oh how we laughed Oh laugh. (laughs) And then it went down there. Oh. And so we were literally talking among ourselves, like, what should we call it? What should we call it? we were like Fanny. Yeah. And we said Fanny and literally they were laughing till they were crying. And we heard her that night, after we'd gone to bed, lying in her room going, Fanny.
2: i <laughs> <laughs> There's a small area of Thailand where you're talked about a lot. You know, yeah, you're probably yeah, yeah. folklore now. It's now part of the dialect. Them. He liberated
1: them. You know, I definitely don't want to, you know, start a campaign to, like, reclaim, reclaim a particular word. But I think this is exactly the kind of conversation that I think we need to be having. Like, you know, boys are really good about laughing about their bits and grossness and farts and poo and all that funny stuff. And I think it means that they're much friendlier with their bit. There's a much closer connection to their, like, truncheon their manhood, their balls, you know, it's it's a much it's a much more of a team game with them, isn't it? We're in it's this like, together. We're in this together, my little man and me. And I think we need to show our lady bits the same love. You know, once you've had a baby, God, you need to love your fanny, praise it with all its brilliance, and
2: then also do your pelvic claws. <laughs> Never
1: forget. Smooth yes. that snail before I jump out of my pants.
2: That is the the sound of someone telling us we have to move to your second item is there something else that we can find in your handbag there are two things left in my handbag one of them is
1: just a toy bird because there's always a random toy in my bag any mum will have this and i actually kind of like it because i sometimes will be in far-flung places and i'll open my suitcase and there'll be a rabbit in there um not (laughs) not a lady (laughs) not not a (laughs) grown-up rabbit a tiny little raggedy toy one and it makes me feel um
2: connected and in my handbag today i had a small bird it makes me openly weep sometimes because the I thought know. of your children can be so I lovely know. and emotional and then other times you're like I stood on that in the night it's so annoying but suddenly <laughs> because you're away and you're nostalgic <laughs> you're like <laughs> I love them I know and then you remember the morning when you were just shouting
1: into oblivion like hair and teeth and shoes and trying to get them ready for school the minute they're gone or having a nap you think <laughs> why where are you <laughs> I may well go and wake them up <laughs> yes I just want five minutes on my own I don't want (laughs) that exactly when they're
0: in bed when they're sleeping at night and you look at them and you think oh my god I love you so
2: much I think my heart's going to explode but don't wake up don't wake up please don't wake (laughs) up yes it's a really it's an intense ride and nothing to prepare for and even though people don't tell you they don't tell you because they don't know what's going to happen to you because everyone's different
1: exactly what advice can they really give you other than well you've done it now haven't you (laughs) better get on with it yeah (laughs) how good is your gin supply I'd up it immediately (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the last thing, the last thing in my bag will often be some kind of sportswear because, oh, I find I have to do sport. It's definitely a necessity for me and my mental health. I'm like a wolf. I need it. And it affects every part of my life. It makes me more awake and more fun and just a better person. So I do it for others as well as myself. So I try and run to meetings and I slip it in between. and filming. And these are my favourite sport trouser legging. And they're by a brand I've never heard of before this. Dakwini. Oh, yes. I'm I'm very oh, familiar yes, with da I, I honestly I that. They are so good. Someone said, look, they're expensive, but you'll never take them off. They'll do you for every different type of activity in your life. And they were bang on. I wear these out with a white shirt. I wear them to the gym. I wear them to meetings. I wear them just poodling around the
2: house. Oh, praise be to their sucking in potential. <laughs> uh, they are so good. Someone ruined my life the other day or made it better. I feel a lot of the time I look at other women and go, they're, obviously together. they're doing we're it better so than me well done all of them yes. I'm a failure yes. and, and uh, so, we all think yeah, that we all do all the time <laughs> you know at the school drop off and everyone's in their gym kit yeah. apart from me and I go I need to get to the gym I need to do more exercise I need to. someone the other day told me that their friend had said to them you know it's all a lie and she'd gone what? and they'd gone yeah 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 they make everyone feel like they're going to the gym so they don't have to get proper clothes on so they just pop that on and go home and watch daytime TV and I'm like this <laughs> can't be true oh, no, <laughs> I need to look up to these <laughs> people they make me a better person yeah, i really want that to be true <laughs> <laughs> so badly elsa doesn't have a ukulele that is all we have time for today and we are so grateful to you cherry for having us to your lovely home we have loved being here how's your experience been i just loved it i just feel like
1: we've had a lovely evening all that's missing is nachos and uh, wine really but next time, <laughs> next <Yeah>. time.
2: <laughs> cherry, thank you so much Pleasure. we will be on twitter at handbags podcast and on instagram cherry you're on Twitter, aren't you? I am so on Twitter, but more on
1: Instagram actually. Instagram yeah. has really taken over for me. Interesting. I love Instagram. It's because you're more photogenic than us.
2: <laughs> it's an actual facts. Oh well, <laughs> if you take twenty-five selfies, one of them will be nice. That's what I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We'll speak to you again next week. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Mommy, I love cracking now. Yeah, you can.